Welcome to another episode of Bush's Board Game Thing. Bit of a reunion here because we're all back as, as a trio for the first time in 2021. Uh, we just have to uh, let you into what's been going on. Jess is sat there in what appears to be a tracksuit top, vaping at the same time, like Joe Pesci in a uh, in a Scorsese movie. Uh, Jess, could you please do a loud vape so that the audience can hear what Brian and I just heard before we started recording? I knew you would take the bick out of this top. Everybody does. They say I look like I should be in like a, an Olympic skiing team or something. I really I like it. I, sh- I knew I shouldn't have worn it. Okay, ready? Jesus. That thing is massive, isn't it? Massive. Oh, my God. Smoke. I can't see a face in the screen. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have worn this. Everyone does take the mick out of me when I wear it. But look, do I look like a 90s kind of... Footballer. It reminds me of any any character that Joe Pesci normally is in a Scorsese film. You walking <laughs> around in that quite agitated because you feel like the feds are closing in on you. That kind of thing. <laughs> hey, yeah, um, yeah, well, no, listen, it's, it's good to be back with you guys. Um, we, we had a little Christmas uh, rest and stuff like that as well. Christmas break. Uh, how was it for you, for you both? You, did you have a nice Christmas and everything? Um, yeah, it was it was good. I just stayed at home with uh, with with the family. Um, uh, had a Christmas dinner and that was it really so I imagine like many people across the country didn't get to see as many of your loved ones as, as you as you, as you wanted to but uh-huh. yeah it was alright and I just can I just take this opportunity again to just absolutely lay into turkey it is the world's worst meat it is it should not be cooked it's awful don't we, touch we, it we, any, to, any day of the year for the rest of the tradition. year yeah and I, I never eat it I never eat I just eat the beef that we cook it's, it's ridiculous it's the biggest con on the British public uh, it's your since weird, weird turkeys since what since turkeys uh, one thing I've been asked about a lot on Twitter, bizarrely, is what Jess ended up doing for her Christmas lunch, because we make quite a big thing of it on the podcast. Uh, Jess, what did you end up having for Christmas lunch in the end? Well, first of all, I was meant to do, I was meant to host loads of people, wasn't I? Because we spoke about it on the podcast saying everyone was going to be here and I was worried about them leaving, worried about what presents I was going to buy them. All those problems were completely eliminated, um, which is sad because I wanted to spend it with my friends, uh-huh. but we, we had an extremely chilled out Christmas. So interestingly... We did do turkey, we did gammon as well, and Ooh. we did sausage meat. My housemate, who's like head chef, yeah. went, oh, we'll have sausage meat. And I was like, oh, you are completely mad. Oh. I'm not what, having... What, so- what form did this sausage meat take? Was it like a, a cube or, well, or a no, lump or a... It comes in a little pack um, from Tesco. And I was thinking, oh, whatever, I'm just going to let him. I can't be bothered with the argument. It was so nice. It was like all, it was seasoned really nicely and it was lovely. What's that square? There's a square sausagey thing that people have that it's got a particular name and they sometimes it might have a, what's that called? It's like a delicacy. I think it might even be a Scottish thing where you have like. It's a Scottish thing, definitely. They, they have square sausage, don't they? That's but it. it was, we had sausage meat and it was really, really nice. Um, But yeah, Brian, I'm with you on the turkey. We had so, because obviously we bought food for lots of people and there ended up being. Two of us. Um, so we had so much turkey, but we did make a very nice turkey curry. Oh, good idea. Using up the leftovers. Yeah, but Christmas was very boozy. Uh, lots of board games, lots of sleeping. Um, it, was, it was nice. It is what it is, isn't it? So as ever, we love hearing from you guys here on Board Game Thing. Uh, you can get in touch via our Instagram at Board Game Thing. Uh, thank you to everyone who has sent us a message over the past couple of weeks. Particularly, we loved the messages that have been coming in from our uh, celebrity listener, Kiala Settle, the lovely Kiala Settle, who has been a guest on the show a few weeks back. Uh, the people at Zatu Games sent her Arkham Horror 
you know, as a little present for say thank you for coming on. And she was trying to play that over Christmas, and uh, she said that her brain nearly fried. So if there's ever been a game <laughs> where you've just like you set it up and you haven't got a clue what's going on, actually a little bit how we felt when we tried to play the Back to the Future game. You remember we just didn't get it. I think that's mm. what was uh, going on in Kiala's mind during that. But let us know. Uh, Jess, any other stuff has been coming in? So thank you, Kiala. Good luck with the rest of the game. Yeah, we've got a tweet in from Louise, um, who is playing a murder mystery board game, Murder She Wrote. <gasps> Amazing. Which is quite in. She got she she went and dug it out of the loft. She said, "Board game thing. I told you I was committed to Mrs. Fletcher. I dug this one out of the loft. It looks like." I mean, and it's got a picture of her on the front. Can you see? <laughs> that is amazing. Jessica Fletcher in action. And we, obviously this entire episode is about detective games. So that is probably one of the best you could possibly get because she's great. Um, another one from, I think, Hua. Um, playing Spirit Island at the moment. Absolutely loving it. New Christmas present. Pretty complex, but utterly beautiful game and highly recommended. I've never heard of that one. Spirit Island, very good. A game where you play as the elements fighting back against uh, people and humans trying to build cities and towns and stuff like that as well. So, uh, I don't know, very in at the moment as well. But you play together on the same team, which is cool. And one from Booers. He said Carcassonne. Have I said that right, Bush? Carcassonne, yes. One of the most famous old games of all time. So it's a, is absolutely my favourite board game ever. It's what got me into board gaming. Played thousands of times on the mobile app as well. Well, listen, we love hearing from you. Uh, we love it when you send us pictures of games in progress, which is great. But we have a brand new way for you to get in touch, which we're very excited to announce in this week's podcast. Brian, please tell everyone how people can get in touch if they don't happen to have Instagram right now. Uh, they can write us a letter. Um, they can uh, send it to my house and they can. Um, there's, there's a lot of admin involved, so could you put some cash inside to pay for sort of all the postage back and forth? Yeah, so just, just send a, cash. So Bri- Brian me. Murphy, uh, Lincoln High Security Men's Prison. <laughs> um, we have a new email address. We have a new email address. Uh, has everyone got pen and paper? Andy, have you got pen and paper? I've got pen and paper. Yeah, we're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jess, have you got a pen and paper? Yeah, I've got. A, oh, no, I've got eyeliner and a bit of paper. Sorry. Fine, um, fine. Have you got a secondary bit of paper in case you lose the first one? Um, oh no, I've got. I'll write it on my hand. Fine. Okay. Okay. Remember, this, this is hard. Podcast at zatu.co.uk. That's podcast. The word podcast. P O D C A S T at zatu. Z A T U. Co.uk. There you go. Send I us an email. To go with, I wanted to go with .org.net, but they, the guys at Zatu <laughs> at Blue Yonder. are being very obstructive about uh, it. Um, it's, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. You, I mean, we'd love for you to get in touch. And I always think you get a slightly different type of thing from people when they have a chance to sit down and uh, properly email and everything as well. So test it out. We'd love to hear from you. Podcast at zatu.co.uk. Also, do you know what I think people should do? Because I had um, this problem over Christmas. Um, I think maybe we can settle your board game disputes. Um, yes. There were a few arguments during Monopoly deal um in my house and uh-huh. you know i thought i was right my housemate thought he was right we we agreed to disagree i didn't talk to each other for an hour however you know so if you want to maybe we can maybe help you out with stuff like that maybe maybe the person you play board games with is a massive sore loser uh, we yeah. can help you out with anything and just say hi as well bush's board game thing uh, let's get to the, the meat of this episode, which is detective board games. There are some fantastic detective board games out there at the moment. Uh, and it's kind of in keeping with the way life has gone at the moment with everyone. We're in lockdown three right now. So a lot of people are sitting, looking out of windows, working from home, maybe watching the neighbours and what they get up to. You notice more stuff. Uh, we've been playing this week uh, an amazing 
um, board game called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. It's one in a series of games where you work together as a team to try and solve a crime. It comes in a gorgeous, lavish, beautiful box that you can grab right now from Zatu Games. Uh, you work together, and this is what happened when uh, Jess, Brian and I tried to solve a murder. In the box, you get a load of brilliant old-school-looking newspapers from the era. Uh, Jess is just uh, browsing right now through uh, a map of London filled with loads and loads and loads of different locations. It's just like a tourist in the foyer hotel. <laughs> just got to London. I do. Uh, like a Mac and then one of those um, Seville Cathedral pound coin or euro dispensers around her neck as well. <laughs> and then there's loads of different cases, so you can pick a different case. This is case one, the 12th of March, 1888. Are we ready to dive in? Just hang on, hang on. I, just, I need to get into the mindset. All right. Yep. Got my moustache, got my chops, got my stovepipe hat on. I've got a cane, and on the top of the cane there's like an ivory knob. So that's me. That's what you guys dress as. I don't know. I don't know what my woman persona would be in 1888. Would you have worn a lot of petticoats? Like... 100%. I think, I think I'd look like a right badass. Like, you'd look at me and go, whoa, whoa, I do not want to mess with her. So, we are having our morning tea at Baker Street, hoping that a new case will come our way. Holmes is at work with his chemical table, and Watson is busy reading the time. OK, 4,000-year-old mummy's curse, three men dead. He makes a big point right at the beginning of it being in the Times, doesn't he? Now, what you get with your pack of amazing literature with the actual game is copies of the Times. Is it not behind the paywall? Do we, have, do we have to subscribe <laughs> to the Times? We've got to read it. That's a good point. Can one of you guys sign up then? Can you can you do a, a monthly subscription? What have you found out? Death section. Edmund Norton White died of a fever. Um, Joseph W. Hitfield died after a long illness. And William Flint died from an accident whilst bathing. Oh, hold on a minute. Right hand side. Mummy strikes again. Oh, yeah, I was looking for that. <laughs> That's a bit that says. <laughs> I was looking at the marriages. Some people Just got married. Just looking for the classified section. The body of James Windybank was discovered late yesterday in the room he was preparing for the British Museum's exhibition of a newly discovered artefacts from the tomb of Kate Betts' mummy. The archaeologist was found strangled. Oh, I might have something here. Latest intelligence. And it says... English archaeological archaeology <laughs> English uh, I can't say that archaeological Do you another go? I've got a good feeling about this one. Archaeological? Archaeological? Archaeological. The English archaeological Oh my word. <laughs> say it again someone. We can't, we can't, we're, we're stuck at this game unless you move on <laughs> with that phrase. Arch archaeological Archaeological societies has been seriously assaulted by the shake of Algebra after an altercation with the latter concerning the supply of provisions. Uh, the I've had to take a photo of it. The way that you read uh, without your glasses on is a fantastic <laughs> thing. It's uh, it's it's proper. You know, like someone who's like say seventy or eighty might read by holding the paper away from them. It's literally like that. It's like Wallace and Gromit. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Leyland Johnson, curator of the Egyptian collection, shows us into the second Egyptian room, the murder scene. In the middle of the room is an ancient sarcophagus. With the guard's help, we removed the top of the sarcophagus and found the body of James Windybank atop Katarbet's mummy. Around his neck was a linen <laughs> What bandage. was he trying to do? I don't know. I, know, I know what he was up to. Uh, the, uh, a very eerie sight, I may say. OK, my powers of deduction are telling me two words. Michael Hutchinson's. That's, that's what he was up to. 
Death by Misadventure. Mis- misadventure. Yeah. Just just popping in the sarcophagus for a bit of a pharaoh. So, yeah, I think that's it. Case closed, guys. What do you reckon? Anybody? Uh, so that's quite quite cool. We've, we've been to the, uh, the, the museum. We've interviewed the guy that's the curator there, and he's given us quite a good steer that the, uh, the murdered gentleman was something to do with the university. I absolutely love that. That is my kind of board game. You know, you've got lots of options, lots of different things to do. You've got to work as a team. And we actually kind of work well together. Usually we don't. This but I point. think we were an OK team there. Do you know what? I, I, it sounds bad, but as we were playing it, I was imagining what I might be drinking whilst we play it as well. So I think a lovely craft beer might be quite nice with it. Or maybe a glass of scotch, glass of wine, anything goes. Do you know what I mean? So it's been great to pretend to be detectives and, and uh, be part of that kind of amazing, particularly the world of the 1800s and creeping around London, foggy London and all that kind of stuff was really cool. It did get us thinking about, uh, you know, there's such great things, detective fiction, particularly on telly. We've been asking on our Instagram, at BoardGameThink, who everyone reckons the best TV detective of all time is. So I'll be honest, there's been a lot, a lot of mentions uh, for Jessica Fletcher. Um, and a lot of this, it's, they've been divided. Uh, Owen uh, McCusker says, never like Jessica Fletcher. She gave Cabot Cove a terrible reputation, to be fair. Well, that was the thing. <laughs> she would go round in sort of the northeast of America, wasn't it? And she'd always visit these villages with, not villages, but towns with like a lighthouse or whatever. Yeah. And the week she turned up, there'd always be a murder. Which for me, which for <laughs> me means Jessica Fletcher could be one of the most prolific serial killers of all time. She could, and also she was writing books off it as well. She was making money like hand over fist whilst these murders were going on. Imagine getting on a, a cruise liner just as it's pulling away from port. Who do you bump into at breakfast? Jessica, Jessica Fletcher. You've got a chance of dying, haven't you? Kelly Ruston says um, Mark Sloan, who you probably won't remember. Never heard of him. Uh, but if you were a student between the years of, I reckon, 1996 to 2004. You'd be very familiar with this man's oeuvre. It is, of course, Dick Van Dyke in uh, Diagnosis Murder. Oh, I love... Honestly, I love those programs. I was going to put my vote in for Best TV Detective as Quincy MD, uh, mainly because of the opening shot. Now, if you know Quincy MD, and again, this is through sitting there watching it uh, at university during the daytimes, it was a close-up shot of him taking the pulse of what you presume to be a dead lady... And then it would actually pan back and she was just relaxing on his boat and he was just checking what drink she wanted. Fantastic. <laughs> Different times. Uh, I never really watched Quincy. It was on during the day uh, when I was a kid. But I did, the, one thing I, the one thing I always took away from Quincy was that the coppers always used to break a cigarette and put up their nose when they were on his, when he was doing an autopsy. Because <laughs> apparently it gets rid of the smell of the dead bodies. Oh. Hey. You can't do that with a vape, can you, Jess? Things have changed. No, you cannot do that with <laughs> a vape. Jess, who, who would you say is the best TV detective of all time? Who would get your vote on this? Well, I was scrolling um, um, down the tweet and having a look at some of the responses, Bush, and I completely forgot about this one. Um, Luther, Idris Elba. Amazing. Did you two watch Luther? Never watched it. Oh, oh you are brilliant. Yeah, it's a brilliant. Oh, it's absolutely yeah. brilliant. He's he's a bit of a trouble detective, um, but he's great. All, I've never watched Luther, right? But the only thing I've ever heard about Luther was, I remember a few years ago, uh, there being a scary epo- episode of it to do with um, what the murderer did with people's shoes, and Brian copied something about it to scare the <laughs> life out of his wife, Alison. Yeah, there was, there was a killer in it who was particularly scary, and he would, I can't remember completely all the details, but I think he would hang their shoes up on the radiator or something. Right. 
and uh, I did it to my wife, like, literally two nights afterwards. That's just she awful. Abs- she was absolutely spare at me. I thought it was funny, personally, but uh, she didn't think it was funny at all. So there you go. There you go. That's, uh, that's uh, that one. Another one of my favourites as well. Um, I don't think anyone said it on your thread, not that I've seen. Um, and I've got a bit of a crush on him, and I'm not sure why. Um, Sergeant Steve Arnett from um, from Line of Duty, anti-corruption unit detective. Do anyone Line of Duty fans here? No, I've never I, seen that either. I've, wa- I've watched it. I, I find his... Uh, and I'm sure he's a, he's a brilliant actor, and I'm sure he'd batter the life out of me in real life, but... Mm. His voice is very is very much like this. It's like <laughs> you, you push from the inside and, and I'll push from the outside. That's, well, he, it, it's a bit Joe Pasquale esque. Well, he's putting on an accent because he's actually got a thick Glaswegian accent um, oh. from memory. So he's putting on, but he's very famous for the little waistcoats that he wears. Oh, um, I know also, him. Also, my, mine are quite modern um, modern references because I didn't really get into detective dramas until I was a bit older. Right. Um, Happy Valley on um, on BBC, Sarah Lancashire, um, she was a, 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 maybe not a detective, but a sergeant who kind of solves murders was um, Catherine C- Coward, I think. She's just absolutely amazing. Do you remember well. um, Juliet Bravo? Do, do either of you guys remember Juliet Bravo? I'm probably showing the age yes, here. Yes, <laughs> I do remember Juliet Bravo. Yes, this was a really boring early 80s uh, uh, no British idea. crime uh, drama, but it was just about quite a staid, kind of uh, grumpy uh, she was female a police officer. She was a senior female police officer, which at the time wasn't that common, so that was the whole mm. premise of the show. Yeah. And the one thing I remember I take away from Juliet Bravo was it was boring, it was rubbish. Really boring. But, um... She was an older policewoman, not old, old, I suppose middle-aged, and there was loads of young coppers about, and everyone called her mom, and they were like, mom this, oh, hello, mom, blah, 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 and I was always confused as to why she had so many sons, and they were all policemen, that's what I genuinely thought, I thought they were calling her mom, so they'd all come in and go, there's been a murder, mom, oh, mom, mom, what am I going to do? Is her name Juliet Bravo? If so, that what a fantastic uh, coincidence, or is that a nominative I determinism? Part of I think that was part of the premise of the show, wasn't it? Her actual name was Juliet Bravo, which was is it Juliet Bravo? Let me have phonetic a phonetic alphabet. I, it can't. It can't, it can't be. Been. Whilst Brian is searching for that for you guys, let me just tell you very quickly about some other amazing board games that are out there to do with the world of detectives, and it's quite an unusual angle on a board game that's why i think these are quite cool you might want to try them with your gaming group if you're looking for something a bit different uh police precinct fantastic game one of my all-time favorite games actually where you're a, a bunch of donut munching detectives working around this fictional american city you've got to work together to solve a mysterious murder and stop the city from descending into anarchy that's great mysterium which we've mentioned before uh, the person in that the ghost i believe has actually been murdered and is trying to communicate with the um the psychics to see to try and communicate how they've actually been murdered and what happened to them. So it's kind of a detective element to that. Brian, you might have a uh, answer on Julia Bravo. I do, I do, I do. She wasn't called Juliet Bravo. Oh, she, oh. she had a different name. It was just a thing. Uh, Scotland Yard, an old classic, still going strong, an old classic board game. Uh, weirdly, when I went to visit the Black Museum, which was like a crime um, uh, exhibition in central London, uh, they, you could buy Scotland Yard, the board game, on reception, which is really weird, like bits of like shirts from actual murders or bullets from the 1800s, but you can go and buy the board game version of it as well. Uh, Detective, a modern crime, that is kind of a, a modern-day version, I guess, of the Sherlock Holmes board game 
that we've just been trying out. But rather than leafing through old 1888 copies of The Times, you actually uh, log into a central crime database, which is uh, an actual app that you log into on your computer. It's fantastic. You can bring up details uh, of criminals and track them down that way, a little bit like CSI, that kind of thing. And then there's Chronicles of Crime, which is one of this new um, era of games, which have got a QR reader. So you use your phone and scan the cards, and it gives you the detail about the different culprits there. But it started off as a modern thing. They've just done a noir version of it, so set back in the 1950s. Also the 80s, channeling that uh, Stranger Things. Did they have QR codes back in the 50s? Well, this is it. I imagine they did. Imagine that. QR codes back in the 1950s. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Uh, so they, there's a lot of great stuff out there, believe you me, and you can get it all on Zatu's website. I think it's now time for the first one of 2021. It's time for Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. So we're talking about detectives. Who is the greatest detective of them all? Poirot. Sherlock Columbo. Holmes. No, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. So uh, he is the most portrayed person in films ever. Really? Wow. Yeah, so the amount of peop- uh, times Sherlock Holmes has been um, has appeared in a film as Sherlock Holmes, the character, is 226 times. Never. What's the top yeah. ones? Obviously... You're Robert Downey Jr. Well, so, um, uh, oh, the top, oh, there's, there's, yeah, there's loads. Robert Downey Jr.'s, uh, Jeremy Brett was one, wasn't he? Um, Benedict but Cumberbatch. Don't forget Cumberbatch, but don't forget back in the early 20th century, there would have been loads of like silent movies with him in it, and they used to cronk those out. Well, technically, though, it is disputed. So, um, Dracula, technically, is the most filmed fictional character of all times, but he's not a, he's not a uh, human. He's a, he's a monster. So, you know. There you go. Ah, I like that. There you go. That's, that's, that's number one. That's good. That's a really that's good one, Brian. One. Well yeah, done. Very, very good. Good start. Thank you very very strong start for 2021. So uh, the other fact is, uh, you think it's like Sherlock. He's it's a name he's you know he's used, or it's a name that exists. He he invented the word the name Sherlock, and uh, it's from his two favourite Nottingham cricketers. So back in the day, cricket was obviously massive then as it is now, and his two favourite cricketers for Nottingham County were um, a guy named Sherwin and Shaq Locke, and he combined the two to create the name Sherlock. Well, that is unbelievable. You mean, so that's... Do you want want a third? Arthur Conan Doyle, the the guy what wrote it then. You're talking about him? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yes. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, sorry. Apologies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you you want a third one as a little little bonus? Well, yeah. Absolutely. I I just don't want you to set the bar too high at the start of 2021 and then not be able to keep that going for the remainder. But but it's fine. Go for it. Uh, Sherlock Holmes doesn't do any deduction. He doesn't do any deducing. Deduction is when you have to set all the facts before you, and he doesn't always have the facts. It's actually uh, what he does is actually induction. That's what you do on a hob. Yeah, no, he does. <laughs> that's how he solves. That's how he solves crimes. Do you know we've he got? An, turns the pan on. We've got an induction hob. It's one of the most irritating things on this planet. When we, when we moved into this house, I tried to make the girls boiled eggs in the morning for breakfast, and none of my pans would work. I was like, "What is going what on?" Is it? It's, it's oh, a you need special pans. It's a special, yeah. a special hob that needs special pans. Special pans for special people. It's crazy. Why? I Do you not have a gas hob? No, we've got an electric. So, Mental. So, I know it's weird. Yeah. Um, so listen, the next time that someone says, "Oh, I deduced this, I deduced that," you say, "No, you induced it." Unless you had a, I had the full facts and data before you. Very strong. Three facts kicking us off for uh, 2021 here on Board Game Thing. 
So this episode of Board Game Thing is all about uh, detective board games. And uh, I think it's fair to say that there's not only loads of great detective board games out there. They've kind of made a move into um, computer games as well, whether it's Xbox or PC or PlayStation. There's a load of great detective games on there too. And as you all know, Zatu Games, they don't just do board games. You can buy uh, computer games. They did uh, PlayStation 5 and stuff like that as well. Uh, so they're the, the place you need to go to for your computer gaming needs, not just board gaming, cardboard or digital. So with there being so many great board game versions of detective games and of course computer games as well, uh, we caught up, Brian and I caught up a little bit earlier on with our friend Adrian, who's been playing uh, a computer game about one of the world's most famous detectives. Have a little listen to this. So let's say uh, hello and welcome uh, to the uh, Board Game Thing podcast to our good friend Adrian Hyatt. Hi Adrian, how are you doing? Hi Andy, hi Brian, I'm really well thanks. Brian, just describe to anyone who uh, is listening to this podcast, we can see Adrian, but just describe the, the unusual bit of kit that he's talking into at the moment. In order to do that, first of all, let me, let me go back, let me go back to the California gold rush, right, in 1849. Bear with me, because this is a relevant point. I, I know it sounds like I'm going off on a bit of a tangent right. here. So the California gold rush of 1849, who made the most money from that? Who made the most money from the California gold rush? Not the people prospecting and going into gold mines it was the people that sold them equipment for the gold mines okay so there was there was i imagine at the beginning of lockdown there was a rush on people buying equipment that they don't need and he's got some sort of weird microphone set up where there's some sort of there's he's, he's surrounded by baffles i'm going to take a screenshot and we'll put it up on our socials <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to take a photo of it as well it's someone else it's really someone else you look like you're sat in your bin is in his bin yeah he looks like uh, uh, someone who's playing a Dalek, and in between in between filming scenes, they've taken the top off so you can have a little air break. Does the, it go all the way around you? Is it three sixty, or can you reverse out of what you appear to be sat in? I can sort of wrap it round my head a little bit more like that. I mean, I was told that this makes a huge difference. I was told by the man who sold it to me. I don't know. Did, can you tell the difference? Does it sound good? Is, is it a little bit like if you get um, someone comes up to you in, in a shopping centre and says you'd make a fantastic model? I'll arrange a model in uh, shoot for you. You've got to pay them three hundred quid. Is it one of those for the portfolio? Your voice, wow. You know, if you just had one of these. It's sounding silky from here. Sounding silky from here. Um, Adrian, the reason why we've got you on, uh, obviously, because you're a great friend of ours. Secondly, uh, you have been playing, whilst we've been talking about detective games, just by chance, in our little uh, lads WhatsApp group, you've been playing an interesting computer game on your Xbox. Tell us about that. Well, first of all, just to correct you briefly, and it's actually on the PlayStation, but it is... It is, uh, but I'm very glad you asked. Uh, I've been playing this game for about a week, even though it came out in 2016, because it was on sale for £3.49. And so I bought it. It's called uh, Agatha Christie's The ABC Murders. So I was going to say, so obviously the, our entire podcast is, uh, this week is about detective games. It's worth mentioning there's a load of great um, detective games on consoles and on PC and all that kind of stuff as well, which you can get from Zatu Games. So uh, you've gone for the, the proper classic Christmas Day special of Poirot. In the game I Can Be Poirot, which is something I've been thinking about for about 34 years now. I, I haven't actually played many games like this, many sort of detective games, and I'd quite like to play some more, but I want to dip my toe in the water with this. Yeah, you get to be Poirot, you have to solve the mystery, you have to solve the murders and figure out clues. And Do you get to do the voice? Do you get to do the voice? I, I wanted to raise the thing about the voice, actually, and I don't want to get controversial, but I'm pretty sure that the guy doing the voice is just some English guy tr doing an impression. I'm not. I'm not certain, but but does he does he do the full Mesdames and Messieurs? There's Bill and He really goes for it. It's a bit much, actually. Do you know what? Right, 
On the radio show that I do, um, a guy phoned in once. It was about this was only about six months ago, and he said he was a, a, um, a film company runner, and he had to transport. He was in charge of what's the guy who plays Poirot in the TV series? David Suchet. He had uh, a small briefcase with three of David Suchet's Poirot moustaches with him. <laughs> and he had to transport them from one end of the country to the other. But he had to stop off for his mate Stag do, and they took photos of themselves in a bar in Leeds, no. all wearing Poirot's actual official moustaches, and he got them back to him for this filming things. Oh, covered in Jägermeister and vomit. Ugh. Stinking of blue WKD. The thing that I loved about, uh, obviously, you being able to play this um, detective game and you sending us the photos is that, and I think this kind of feeds back into what we've been talking about in the podcast so far, there's something quite calming about the, uh, the pace of detective games. Wouldn't you agree, compared to say a normal say game of call of duty on the playstation a lot of uh, modern console games are just really stressful and hectic and it's noisy and there's a million decisions to make every second and there are scary 13 year olds who are trying to kill you players i mean people 13 year old players playing as other people trying to kill you uh but this yeah it's 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 kind of like a board game actually it's breathtakingly procedural like you can't really do whatever you want you have to stick to the to the script and you have to hover over things to find the clues and the controller vibrates when you see a clue. It's, it's, it's very calming. It's, it's not necessarily the most exciting experience of your life, but after a tough tough day looking after a three-year-old during lockdown, it's just what you need. I have got no respect for Hercule Poirot, sorry. What do you mean? Sorry, because I, rem- I remember vividly watching an episode of Poirot when I was... You know when like you used to have to watch ITV dramas because there was nothing else on television? Like I, I, I don't remember that. We did not watch ITV in my house, actually. <laughs> it was too common. And I remember watching an episode of Poirot, and he you know went about going, oh, is it this guy, is it that guy? And then he was on a train... And he goes to the then who was revealed to be the murderer. He said, uh, and of course, your fatal mistake was you wore black gloves at the scene. And the guy went, oh, ah, I didn't wear black gloves. And that's how he caught him. And that's why I've never had any respect for Poirot. That that one moment in one episode yeah. once. That's Brian in a nutshell, a uh, lingering uh, resentment based on something another person would have just walked by and said, that's, that's absolutely fine, don't worry about it at all. Tiny inconsistency. For this episode, we've been playing uh, a Sherlock Holmes board game. There's a brilliant Sherlock Holmes series of games on out on consoles as well. It's got the same kind of thing where you match up a little bit like the TV series where time slows down, you can match them all up. So uh, check them all out. You can get a load of console games right now from Zatu's website. They seem to do everything, those guys. Adrian, very quickly, uh, tell everyone about the podcast that you do. So you do a fantastic weekly podcast which people who are trapped in their houses can check out to offer some escapism during all of this. Everything about that is true except the weekly part. It's an extremely irregular podcast. It's called Big Meeting. We pitch ridiculous movie ideas to real actors uh, and we've had some big names on recently. The gendarme from a lower low and bob from blackadder big meeting it's called fantastic there's a trend emerging here are you obsessed with sort of uh, frenchmen with terrible accents that's actually my main thing that's my main thing <laughs> that's what he likes adrian thank you very much we appreciate it you're very welcome big thank you to adrian and like i say if you want to get yourself uh, xbox playstation 4 whatever check out zatu's website right now uh, let's segue then into uh, our brand new feature Uh, that we're going to be debuting for 2021. It's called The Pitch. Every week on this podcast, we're going to give you guys, our amazing board game thing listeners, the chance to pitch your board game idea to us. Uh, and we'll, we'll give you an honest appraisal of what we think about it. I think one thing that has become clear in the uh, you know the 12 or 13 weeks we've been doing this podcast is that anyone who likes board games or loves board games or has just got a bit of an imagination for that matter also seems to have their, an idea uh, in their mind, brewing away, percolating of what they think might make a brilliant board game. So uh, we're going to open the, the doors of our boardrooms, a little bit like Dragon's Den, and welcome through our first 
picture of the year for 2021. If you want to put a picture in, all you've got to do is either email us, podcast at zatu.co.uk, or get in touch on Instagram at BoardGameThing. Jess, who have we got and what's their idea? Okay, we've got one from Kelly Ruston, and um, she says, a game based on snakes and ladders and Monopoly, but more squares on Back to the Future. What? Sorry, just, can, you, can you read that again to me? A game based on snakes and ladders and Monopoly, yeah. but more squares on Back to the Future. I mean, maybe, uh, let me read on and maybe it might become a little bit more <laughs> Hang clear. On. Do you mean Back to the Future, the film? Yeah, because it's in, yeah, it's Back to the Future, yeah, because the, the B's capital and the F's capital. I mean, I'm a bit confused. Shall I read oh, on? So, so oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. So it's a Monopoly game, but with the theme instead of the, th- the theme is Back to the Future. No, I don't think well, so. Let's see what, what else does she involved. say? What else does she say? Maybe it'll be, the penny will drop. Okay. I'll, I'll be honest, Kelly, I'm out. <laughs> it's not a great start. I was just about to say, we need to have our judge personas. Maybe we can maybe we can decide what our personas are going to be after I've read Kelly's like um, yeah, suggestion. Yeah, okay, where the aim of the game is to go back to present day, but you fall down wormholes and end up in different generations. But you have to complete all the tasks, e.g. visit the Victorian chimney sweep, do the twist and shout in the 60s. Oh, sorry. Do the twist and shout in the 60s. Interesting comma there. I love that. Do the twist. Um, Just have a shout in the 60s. <laughs> gel your hair in the 80s so you collect things when you land on them, but you have to miss the wormholes or you go back in time. So where does Monopoly come into that? I don't know about the Monopoly bit. It sounds like snakes and ladders, yeah, but my, with, the, with the added jeopardy be... is uh, is the fact that you can go back in time or go forwards in time, which I like. Yeah, I like I that. like it. My advice to her would be um, drop the Monopoly bit because also it's Monopoly. They'll probably sue you. Exactly. That's a good point. Bit of work needs on the theme there. Maybe narrow it down a little bit away from Monopoly. Let's have another one. Okay, we've got one from Jimmy Stavros. How about a game about running a board game cafe? I reckon there is some Inception level stuff here. Playing a game Ooh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. people playing games. The games. Boom. Yeah, I'm into that, into that. So how um, how could we work that then? Um, That'd be very complicated to pull off. Does it have to be... So will it, will it be like kind of maybe a Cluedo setup where you've got different areas and then you have to, you know... Oh, I don't know. I like I like the I like the the minutiae of, of 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 just running a cafe where you've got to make sure you've got enough because um, people eat when they go to board game cafe. So maybe you need to make sure you've got enough uh, cheese and bread and coffee in and stuff like that. Yeah, and also make sure you're around for whenever Brian spills over five pints in a row, like what happened oh. when we went to the board game cafe. I still you know, think there's about gonna that. be a lot of yeah. I, I, I think no, about it. it, it unusually too... high, they had unusually high glasses. That's what it was. It was. I've no, never seen anyone spill that many drinks on on a night out. I've never. And the added jeopardy was yeah. that we had a really expensive board game that we were playing, and you soaked it with beer. Yeah. I'm gonna throw into the equation here that I, I think part of the game is you have to. Uh, receive the games back that the people are playing at the board game cafe and you have to check all the pieces are, yes. are in there they haven't lost any of the mm. meeples or anything like that I like that the bits. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's good yeah I, for me a board the inception thing sells it for me it's a game within a game within a game within a game yeah I like that and the that. event card could be that a stag party turns up oh, and tries to yeah. get in you've got to, put, you've got to get them away yeah and also like if people are being too loud maybe there's a bit where you've got to tell the really scary looking teenagers to stop shouting over Monopoly this is a good point because I go Drafts in London is my favourite board game cafe we go there quite a bit we used to go there before the cataclysm happened and I love people going to play 
you know, games together on dates and stuff. It's brilliant. But when you get these people who turn up and play flipping Hungry Hippos or Jenga, I just want to knock them out. Gonna, oh, yeah. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. The, the amount of times we've been there and we've turned around and someone's playing Connect Four. And you're like, what, what are you doing? doing? You can, There's yeah. about 500 games here you can choose from. And you go to mm. Connect Four or Jenga or whatever. So, yeah, maybe I'm getting angry even thinking about it. This is, this is a perfect game for me. I want to buy it. Well, let's, let's option the rights on that. If you would like to pitch us a board game idea in next week's episode, we'd love to hear from you. Those numbers again or the ways of getting in touch again, uh, you can message us on Instagram at BoardGameThing or try our fancy new email address, podcast at zatu.co.uk. That's all we've got time for this week. Uh, we've run out of time. Do check out Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. We're all absolutely in love with it. Can't wait to play the next uh, cases in the sequence. There's about four or five in the box as well, and there's expansions too. Find that on Zatu's website right now. Also, the the video games. Big thank you to Adrian Hyatt uh, for talking us through Poirot, uh, the Agatha Christie uh, PlayStation game that he's been playing. Uh, next week on this podcast, Jess is going to share with you an amazing website she's found that I guarantee will change your life if you're feeling the pressure of being cooped up in the house. So make sure you listen to the next episode for that uh, and keep your comments coming in. We love them at Board Game Think. This has been Bush's Board Game Think. We will see you next week. Mm-hmm.